Hello, I'm Oriana Fox. Thank you for tuning in to Multiple O's, the spin-off podcast for my talk show, The O Show. The O Show is a live performance piece that mines the conventions of daytime TV talk shows for all that they're worth. It features artists and other experts who have no difficulty spilling the beans about their lives and opinions, especially when they defy norms and conventions. So if you're interested in candid confessions, non-conformity, creativity, and mental health, you've come to the right place. This episode contains adult themes. My guest mentions sexual assault and suicide, so listener discretion is advised. So nice to meet you. Uh, nice to way. meet you too. Right, an expat. <laughs> How long have you been overseas? Um, twenty years. Oh wow! Oh cool, cool. Yeah, a long time. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm originally from from New York. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to, uh, like, the UK, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> now it's like, yeah, yeah. after last year, it's like, I don't, I'm fine in my couch. I'll, I'll make it. It's fine. But, yeah, so things are opening up in New York now, right? Yeah, uh, comedy clubs are open. Uh, they're only allowed 33% capacity. But um, still, I mean, compared to Zoom shows, <laughs> it's, it's night and day. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you don't have yeah. to get you on. Know, play around with like dogs barking and babies crying and so yeah yeah god it's been crazy uh yeah you know yeah and i think everyone like every time they go to work they think man i would love to just work from home <laughs> and then then this happens you're like well you know, <laughs> maybe maybe you know put a pin in that and uh <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah so you've been doing you've been doing comedy have you been doing comedy on zoom like yeah yeah. yeah, they really try, and and, um, and and it's weird because I mean, some places they'll uh, they'll tell the audience to turn their microphones off, so you're talking, you have no idea what's going on if people are laughing or not because everyone's uh, microphones yeah. are off, most oh of their God. cameras are off, so you're basically yeah. just talking to yourself the whole time. It, it's insane. <laughs> I know, I know exactly uh, what that's like because I, I I teach art history, so I'm just like. <laughs> I know what that's like right. to be talking. You just feel like I could just start singing because right. nobody, like, it doesn't feel like you're talking to anyone. Like, I supposedly students are there. Right, right. But they're not turning their cameras on and they're not, you know. Right, <laughs> right. They should be, but they're not. They're so <laughs> entrenched in the Renaissance works that they're silent. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, no, I don't teach uh, that oh. far back. Oh, no, it's I'm like sorry. modernism to, to present, so. <laughs> but yeah, they're 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 deep into their Picasso right. by Van Gogh. <laughs> right. That's cool though. That's cool. <laughs> but anyway, so I normally uh read like an introduction and I, I struggled to write an intru- introduction for you, I must say. <laughs> Nothing will offend me and I'll, I'll whatever. It'll give us really? something to talk about. <laughs> Well, I just, I, I actually ended up giving up and I just was going to read what you have on your website. Right. Because <laughs> Good. Which, which by the way, has a typo this whole time. And I'm looking at like, like, when is my manager going <laughs> to, 
like it always there's a there's a typo in it. It says like she has. There? I didn't notice it. She has performs regularly or something like that, and I'm like, oh, oh. yeah, I think I did notice it actually, like, uh, um, but not this time, but previous times. Right. I think it's because it's towards the end of the day here. It's like eight o'clock, so, and I've already I've been to a children's birthday party this Oof. afternoon, so I'm like, oh. <laughs> hosting or I no just. Or, um, what are you a clown? Just, just, are you a part time? Yeah, are you a, a part time balloon artist? Clown, no, um, it was just like you know um, some friends, but oh cool. I just feel like I had too much cake and like prosecco, <laughs> and it was just why did I do that? I should not have gone there right, today. Right. <laughs> so okay, you think that would give me some courage? It's not cake. Doesn't. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll just go ahead. Okay. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm just going to read what it says on your website. And then I'll read you my alternative. Maybe, if I get the courage. So, <laughs> Jay, Jay is... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to make up a... Say? Jay is a somewhat almost average-looking person. Uh, she uh, has... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> she's, uh, you know, okay. Some people find her funny. Uh <laughs> That's good. Okay, so I'm speaking today with Jay McBride, a very funny, smart, and proudly transgender woman. Night after night, when the bars and clubs are open, that is, she gets up in front of a crowd and outs herself. That isn't what you say on your website, by the way. This is my own writing I'm reading now. It's a surprise to myself. Okay, so (laughs) night after night, when the bars are open, bars and clubs are open, that is, she gets up in front of a crowd and outs herself, making jokes out of exper- out of the experience of being trans and making fun of the expectations and stereotypes of that identity position. She's a woman who has balls. I mean, she doesn't want to talk about whether or not she has balls. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean in the proverbial sense. Um, she's, she's, no, she really does have um, way more guts than I do. Uh, and yeah, so you, yeah, she makes jokes about that, that sort of thing. Um, and has traveled the world performing stand-up comedy as a headliner and sharing the stage with comedy greats. I'm not going to list the names, um, but yeah, great ones. And, uh, <laughs> in addition to stand-up, Jay has written, produced, and acted in a variety of short films. When not performing on stage or on screen, Jay writes the comedy blog for Times Union and speaks at colleges all across the United States with her lecture about being transgender. So having transitioned in 2007, Jay is uniquely qualified to talk about awkward first dates, strained family relationships, and self-acceptance. So yeah, self-acceptance is a, is a key kind of theme of my of my talk show. Cool. I didn't want to interrupt. I didn't want to interrupt the whole time. I'm like, do I interrupt or do I let it go? So I just let it go. I figured that's like, well, you look, you look like awkward. So I'm going to let you keep going. (laughs) You look like you're really, really struggling. uh, And you're like partially embarrassed, partially stuck. And you like, you're already halfway there. So you have to finish it, you know? So I was like, I'll just let it go. I'll see what happens. (laughs) What did you want to say? Did (laughs) you want to interrupt? Nothing. No, I was just going to say, yeah, keep going. You're doing great. (laughs) I was going to cheer you on because it's, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. And and that update is old. So, or that, that bio that you read off my website's old. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know, tell me the, tell me the new stuff. I can always redo it later or I can add the new stuff now. Nothing. It's all boring. It's it's just worse. She's done a TED talk and that's had, I wanted to say she's done a TED talk that's had like 14,000 views. I mean, I'm impressed by that. I think that's a good number. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, 
I thought it was more than that. I also had a, a little clip on comedy. Maybe it's more than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was on Comedy Central. The number. In 2019, I was on Comedy Central and I had a clip that played like 100,000 times or something. So, so yeah, which is yeah, pretty cool. My TED Talk, though, I still more people recognize me from that. So I don't know, like people shared it through the different media outlets than YouTube, but it's pretty cool. I, and I called it. That is cool. I think it's like really interesting. I called it Trans 102, the Chamber of Secrets. And I love that there's a JK Rowling reference in it now built in from 10 years ago. I, I think that's, or five years ago. <laughs> It's perfect. I just so was it before all the J.K. Rowling stuff went down that you called it that? Yeah, I think it was before Dumbledore totally came out of the closet. Didn't realize that it was. Yeah. Whoa, that yeah. is that is. <laughs> that <laughs> is awesome. Dumbledore was straight. That's how long ago it was. Um, no, I, I originally like, and, and I call it like in the trans community, we always used to have this thing that we called trans one hundred and one. It's like because people would come up, and it's not like uh, we're not as you know ubiquitous i'll say as we are now you know it's like it was rare to see a trans person so every time you, you talk to someone it'd be like all right this is what it means to be trans this is what i knew this is this and there's like a list and we called it trans 102 within the community or trans 101 like a basic yeah. intro to trans so this is the carryover and i saw trans the chamber of secrets sound extra cha- tranny you know tra- transy i guess <laughs> not tranny tranny's the other word um transy <laughs> That is so great. That is really great. I didn't. I didn't realize. It. I didn't look at the date and think. I just thought, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> no. Rowling joke. <laughs> I was. I wasn't trolling her. I, I swear. Then. I mean, I am now, but I mean, like then, it totally is. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, in in something I think you wrote recently because I saw on Twitter you wrote something recently and, um, and you were saying how we can now. You know, we can name off uh, LGB kind of headlining comedians, but how many trans uh, comedians can you can you list? And so maybe you're going to be. Do you think you're the? I mean, are you the A list? Well, uh, well, for trans people, I'm the A list, but that's about you know that's that's like <laughs> that's into the Greek letters and the our alphabet. But um, you know, I, I think so. like there are a few, there are a few like like Julia Scotty's a trans woman in New York. She'll she'll headline certain clubs like um, and Ian Harvey on the West Coast. One of my friends out there, he'll 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 headline. But when you go to like especially like the the um, franchise clubs, the ones across the country like that have like twenty locations and that. You'll never see that. You'll rare, might see a lesbian comic, possibly a gay comic, but you'll never see a trans. And and I mean, like, I think you know, I'm doing pretty well. I uh, I I just got past the com- I, I was, I, I'm a regular at the comedy cellar, so I mean, um, and that's pretty much the best comedy club in the country. So I mean, I feel like I'm there talent wise. I mean, who knows if people will say, you know, I mean, just look at look at that TV stations. They're still playing to the states that border the Mississippi River. You know, Middle America still controls what goes on the main networks. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm just going to keep, you know, if they don't want me, fine. I don't want them either. <laughs> you know, they're not the first people to reject me for being trans. So they could join the list if they are. So, yeah. So I think a lot of your jokes um, to me are, or it's not a lot, but some of them are a little self-deprecating, mm-hmm. I think. Well, I guess maybe humor just in general is. <laughs> for, well, for me, for sure. I, I feel like that um, 100%. Um, you know, one, it, it's, I'm sure there's some aspect of self-hatred there, but, you know, it's also like, I, I really like, I've always liked comics that were self-deprecating. And um, like the, 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 the one thing I hate, that when you make fun of yourself, you never have to worry about 
punching down. You know what I mean? Like I'm not good. Like some some kind like by punching down, I mean like some comics will make fun of someone for being a little person or make fun of someone for being obese or make fun of someone for being trans. You know, it's like when you make fun of yourself, it's, it's, I feel like it's more palatable. And, and like, you know, especially when you, when you see, you know, you know, I, I just really hate comics who make fun of someone because they're different. So if I make fun of myself, it just feels right. And it feels like, um, and I try and talk about being trans in in a way that's people like it in, people can can see you know like some people will hear it's more relatable the way i say it hopefully um when i first started i was in albany new york which um not exactly the liberal bastion of the united states you know i mean 10 miles in any direction there are like confederate flags you know so which is really weird because uh you know we weren't on the we weren't on the north we we were in the north you know we weren't in the confederacy so i don't know where you know they were it wasn't like a hand-me-down from the the grandfather you know like they bought this and they hang it you know and and, uh, so i mean it's like you had to perform in front of crowds that weren't necessarily liberal you know so when you perform in front of a conservative crowd one that may have probably have never met a trans person you have to immediately get them on your side and then you have to talk about being trans in a way that they'll still find funny, obviously, but also not look at it like, you know, it's like, I'm still, I'm a person. I have problems. Like you have problems. Like I promised my father, you know, you have problems, you know, and um, like yeah. who doesn't have problems with their parents in some way, you know? So it, it's like, that's what, by cutting my teeth there, I think I learned to talk to a broader audience about these issues at an earlier point. And just the number of people would come up to me and say, like, I, I, you know, wow, I, I, you know, only know trans people from what I see on TV, but you're actually like, yeah, you're just a person. It's, it's really nice to meet you, you know, and, you know, women would, would hug me afterwards. People would come up to me and say, you know, uh, like I have a cousin who's trans, you know, this, 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 or one of my, one of my friend's daughters is coming out. You think they could reach out to you if they have an issue, you know? And it's really an, an amazing thing. Cause you know, yeah, it's great. I, as a liberal, I love people who are also liberals and I love performing in front of those crowds. But there's something that happens when you talk to people who don't necessarily agree with you and get them to understand your point of view. Um, and there was this great quote by uh, Margaret Wheatley who says, like, you can't hate someone whose story you know. And I that's sort of my mantra when I try and perform comedy. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, thanks. Well, it's hers. So. <laughs> um but uh i have a friend who told me this thing uh that susan sontag said and i and i haven't actually gone and got the susan like very un uh academic of me to to try to quote this when i haven't read the original anyway it was just about um jewish people like jewish humor being like a protective mechanism like to get them uh, the you know the anti-Semites to like the or like don't kill me I'm funny kind of thing, and huh, that's interesting. So, and um yeah and my friend uh thinks that Susan Sontag connects this also with gay humor I don't I'm not sure but because obviously I haven't looked at the actual quote um but yeah so do you think there's a yeah I mean I mean you kind of touched on that a bit yeah. with like you're talking to people who maybe aren't accepting or who, who aren't liberal and, you know, and you're kind of getting them on board or, yeah. Sure. A hundred percent. And I mean, for it's, it's still not a safe world for trans people. And I started comedy in 2009. So then even like, like, like I said, in Albany, there was someone who, a trans woman who was murdered about five years earlier in like in a town next to Albany. 
So, I mean, part of that, like, I didn't even want to talk about being trans when I first started comedy. All I did was talk about, yeah, I would just try and write a clever joke and tell those jokes on stage, whatever that was. And, and I just never talked about it. Part And a large part of that was fear. And, and I think it was when I first came out, it, it's on stage, you know, I, I think I did it in a way, way that was funny, but also, um, it, you know, I did it in a way, like, I, I didn't want it to sound luxury you know I, sure i would love it to tell people why they shouldn't ask about my genitals i would love to but as long as i can make it a joke you know and I, I can tell people about how ridiculous the north carolina's law is but i have to also turn it into a joke so i think that but a lot of that was education but very much so protection too like when i first started because i didn't want people to know you know it's it's not a good place in america it wasn't at the yeah, time yeah so. yeah so have you had any of the kind of uh, things you feared happen or any of the things you were worried about? Has any, you know, uh, never, never really like no one, not physically, like no one's attacked me or anything like that. You know, knock on wood. I did have a couple stalkers, which is interesting. Uh, someone actually sent me an email through my website saying, how do you know how easy it is to find out where you live? And then like m- my landlord said, Hey, there was someone creeping around asking about you. We did, we just, told him you didn't live here but stuff like but i mean the only thing that i found um and and again it's you're never going to see this stuff no one's going to say it to your face but but i i used to tour with a couple of comics and i remember them telling me like they wanted to bring me on the road to certain comedy clubs and the owners flat out told them no because of who i was and, and they don't do that like if 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 they have a headliner coming to a comedy club and that comedy club wants to bring someone along, they always say yes. But in my case, they made an exception and said no. Like those are the only things that, um, you know, th- those those get to you, you know, like there are doors being shut. But by the same token, there are also doors being open. You know, I I get the chance to perform at um, like a lot of times I'll go to a trans conference or like just an educational conference, like the TED Talk. I couldn't have done that if I didn't talk about being trans. So there are... Um, you know, you try and take it with a grain of salt. Like some people are never going to be on board this in, in my lifetime. But, I, you know, I, I, if, if I could swear here, I'd say F them. But, you know. Oh, you can, oh, you good, can swear. Good. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them all. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> fuck me, fuck. <laughs> That's it. Good. You got that out Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whew, let, me, let me just. It's like it's like wringing out a sponge. Let me get the last fucks out of me. Okay. There, that was it. That was the last one. Uh <laughs> But you have to you have to have that attitude. You can't get bitter about. You. I'm never going to change the way they think. You know, I could try and make them see my humor as funny, but it, you know, some people are just that's it. They're, they're not going to see it that way, and I just move on. There are plenty of places, especially now. I mean, you could I could be on TikTok, I could be on YouTube, I could be on Twitter, I could be on Instagram. Like no one can shut me up anymore. Like they, you know, there aren't any gatekeepers like there used to be. So, or as many right. other. Yeah. Yeah. So, but also like in those instances where you've been discriminated against, have you ever wanted to take action in like a kind of political sense? I've heard you describe yourself as not that political. Yeah. uh, Um, On stage, I'm not. Outside, I'm extremely political. But yeah, I I really, I really did. I wanted to burn these places to the ground and like uh, on Facebook, not literally, you know, I'm I'm not, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm not, not going to confess to, uh, attempted arson but um no I, I really wanted to like write a facebook letter explaining what happens and ex- explain the clubs but then i thought you know i'm not one 
these comics that were performing there told me this in confidence and I'm not going to out them as people and ruin their potential thing. But also it's like, there's nothing to gain from it, you know? Um, So I, I pretty much just put them like, you know what, hopefully I'll uh, be successful enough to say, screw you guys. When they ask, when they come apologizing, you know, I'll be like, I don't have to accept your apology, you know, like learn from it and don't do it again. That's it. But so just an apology, that's, that's enough. <laughs> I mean, what else can you, you know, I mean, honestly, it, it, it's, it's, you really have to get to a point where like, like if there was like, I, I don't know, it, it's really tough for me to say, like, like, I just feel like there's not much point to, to getting myself worked up over other things, you know? Um, I can't, you know, it, it's me telling jokes on stage, you know, that's it. And, and it's, it's a one venue in, on, in the country, this one night I can find another place, you know, hopefully. And if I can't, again, it's one night. Um, like that's not the stuff that bothers me as much as when I see, you know, like these trans bills going on, like against aimed at targeting kids. Those are the things that get me completely fired up to the point where I just like, will go on a rant. I will go off on people. Um, you know, I mean like when people want to pass laws so that an eight year old, can't play soccer with their friends because she's trans. So that's the stuff that I, that really like, like that's less forgivable, you know? Um, when, when people say like, are trying to pass laws saying like, you cannot apply puberty blockers to children. Like that fires me up like nothing else. But when a comedy club, I try not to get too worked up about that. And they'll never, they'll never admit it. Let's face it. So. Yeah. So I know, yeah, so you so you didn't make jokes. Uh, you didn't kind of out yourself at the beginning of your comedy career. And I've heard you say that it was like partly inspired by uh, Jazz Jennings. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know Jazz Jennings, she is a transgender activist and public figure who wrote a children's book called I'm Jazz and also had a... TV show made about her um, coming out as trans in her teenage years. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. There are two things that sort of happened roughly the same time. Um, like I was about three or four years in and like I was doing a show and, you know, like I usually did. And one of the other comics on the show said, huh, I just had a weird conversation with a friend. They just came up to me and said, uh, you know, is Jay still in the closet? And um, I thought that was weird. That's what she said to me. And uh, immediately I thought like, well, they think I'm hiding it. I can't hide it because there are people, you know, like Jazz Jennings, I think it was like, you know, seven at the time or whatever, just had, was on going on the Today Show and getting her family was getting death threats. She was getting death threats. And I, and I thought, here's this child who's on the front lines of fighting for trans equality. And I'm too afraid, you know, and, and it's really just it, it made me say like, like, you know, I should be in the front lines protecting people like that. So I became more open, more authentic. And I think, and um, like the comedy was, was much better too, um, because let's face you know, it was, it was real. It wasn't like this. I wasn't a character. I was more myself, you know, or at least an amplification of myself. Um, that was definitely better for sure. And what I found interesting though, is like a lot of the same jokes could carry over. Uh, but people now, like, it's sort of like they imprinted it as trans material because it was in my act. Like, people would say, like, I would have jokes about my dad long, you know, that was one of the first things 
I would talk about on stage and they would be like, wow, like all this stuff about your dad because you're trans. That's crazy. And, and like the, the jokes are the same. So it could be anything, but, but immediately it becomes, those are trans jokes. You know, someone said, I can't believe you did an entire 10 minutes on just trans material. That's amazing. And meanwhile, there are only three jokes that even mention the word, but, the, but they, <laughs> she's like, oh, you're in therapy because you're trans. You're, uh, you know, you're, you don't want, you were Irish Catholic, but you're trans, you, you know? So it, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess because that's my life and yes, I'm trans. So when I talk about my life, it's trans, but I mean, just calling them trans jokes is, you know, come on. It, it, it was, it was kind of amusing, but also frustrating. Yeah. Well, but I guess, uh, to go back to the kind of self deprecating thing, um, do you, cause like, like when I was introducing you and I made this like stupid joke about balls, like does I mean, I feel very awkward. Obviously, I felt very awkward about. No, let's talk about my balls. I'll I'll, I'll get them. They're in, they're in a jar of formaldehyde <laughs> under my bed. I'll bring them in. It's um, I named them. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you, do you worry that it like gives permission to other people yeah. to make those jokes? Yeah, I, I yeah I, I do to some extent. Um, like like I hate when when anyone talks about a trans person's genitals when they're not trans, you know, or they're not that person in in general. Like like you know I um. You're forgiven, you know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's it's fine. Uh, just the look on your face, where oh my god, why did I write that? Like that was enough. That was perfect. Um, no, and, but no one is listening to this. Will see my look on my face. Right, that's because <laughs> you reported. Right, right. I reported clearly. the awkwardness there, and 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 the and me just staring out. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Keep going. Keep digging. Um, but no, I do to some extent. But I also like. I think. I do it in a way like, you know, I'll say like, I hate it when people talk about like people come up. I have a joke about how people would come up to me after my show asking, like, do you have a dick? Do you have a dick, bro? You know, all that stuff. And like, it happens a lot. And, but so I did well, do a joke. I'm sure about, because they're like drunk people. Right, you right. Know, they're gonna, right. And, and <laughs> I don't talk about it. Shit. Yeah. And I don't talk about it on stage. Yeah. So no one knows what's down there. And I, I, I kind of like that that way. You know, I, I, I would rather be judged on other things. And, and I'm sure... Like, I've heard people say, like, you know, well, Jay McBride talks about it. Why can't I talk about it? Yeah, for sure, that's happened uh, with, with straight people. But, um, I, I mean, anytime I have a chance to talk to someone, especially, like, what's what's almost cute now is, like, comics will come up to me and, like, hey, is this offensive to trans people? And then run it by me, which is great. It's almost like I'm training them, you know? Which is, right, uh, yeah. Which, that happens more than people thinking they have carte blanche, although people will come up to me with a stupid jo- dick joke for sure. Um, all the time, all the time. Who doesn't love a dick joke except, you know, me, but, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's like, like all the time, my Facebook will, will be like, like lousy with them. Like the, it'll be littered throughout. There'll be a smattering of dick jokes throughout most of my posts, but. Well, I mean, I wasn't just, I wasn't like, yeah, I made a, I made a ball joke, but I wasn't saying just like, just that oh, material. No, no, like, no, 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 I know. I'm totally, <laughs> getting a bit sidetracked. I'm totally giving you a hard time to be a jerk. I'm, that's it, because I'm an asshole most, in, in general. So if I have a chance to let that asshole out, um, it's free. No, but like there's other, like other, I don't know what what else it would give permission to joke about, but like, I don't know, or like- uh, Well, tranny, I say the like, word tranny a lot. Like people, you know, in my act, yeah. in my act and people yeah. think that it's all right to say that. Um, I do worry that some people will feel that they have license to, and I try to be a little careful. Like I said, you know, if I do tell jokes about being tra- if using the word tranny, I'll explain why it's bad in a way, or I'll talk about why I can say it, but you can, or like, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, 
Or just like jokes about like uh, the the jokes about um, uh, they were giving me drinks and uh, uh, these guys at the bar were giving me drinks and they were saying, "Oh, right, uh, yeah, 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 I, I, them, the, yeah." The surprise, right, 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 joke. right, right, right. I was like, uh, "Maybe you want to tell it." Sure, tell sure. It. I was in this bar. These guys <laughs> had no idea they were buying me drinks for hours, and uh, like I didn't even know what the drinks were. So they just looked at those drinks and said, "Here, I hope you like surprises." And I said, "Right back at you." Um, which I think is a great joke, but also it's, yeah, that's probably one I should stop telling, but I love it so much and it gets such great lives <laughs> with the straights, you know, the straights love that. Like, like the, the, tr- yeah. yeah, the liberal crowd, not so much, but, um, you know, I, I do, yes, I do worry. And that's the sort of thing, like, I really have grown to hate the notion that of like surprise it's someone who's transgender i do really hate that notion and um like i rarely tell that joke anymore but i i think you know i think you're on stage sometimes and you get those laughs and you think the joke is like so funny you like you keep it you know and and you don't think about it you just think okay this joke this joke i know will get an applause break so make sure to put that here this joke does this and um you know, if I were to really parse out my set, I'm sure I would be very, <laughs> you know, I would think differently about some of these jokes when someone said, by the way, you know, um, and people have come up to me on a show. Uh, like there are some jokes that I have stopped telling um, for sure that just even though they worked because, you know, times change, things change. Like I used to tell a joke like I remember I was at a show and like three comics before me told rape jokes. So I. And, and like so I was like alright I'm gonna write a joke about you know a woman in a bar raping a man or something like that. so anyway even though like the jo- I'm not gonna tell it the joke came out well but it's like you get to a point like I don't want to tell rape jokes yeah I hate these assholes for doing it I'm not gonna be the same I'm not gonna do the same even if yes maybe my intentions were to say, stick it to them originally but it's at a point like I can't tell that joke I can't I'm not gonna be that person so um, I'm sure there are jokes that like that I stopped telling us you know, some trans jokes that I stopped telling. Like, I know there are. But, um, you know, I, I I guess I guess now that you bring it up, I really should worry about it more. Because <laughs> they really do. Oh, God, I don't want to make you feel worried you about know, it. You're like, God, no, self-censor, please. <laughs> <laughs> you, may, you know, in fact, I'm going to give up comedy curious. now that you mentioned I, I quit comedy uh, today. That's the announcement. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for showing. No, no, you're right. I really should worry about it. God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> no. no, but I think it's what, what's interesting about what you're saying is that, like, oh, in the in the lip, you know, in a, with a liberal crowd, like this, this kind of joke does this, and and with a you know another crowd, it does this, and it's just it just reinforces the i the the idea that um, humor creates kind of like in. You know, like you're you're either in the group that gets the joke, or you're not in. The, you know, it's very kind of it can be very divisive, I guess. Right. You know, right. or very kind of um, yeah, uh, and, and compartmentalizing of people into uh, kind of groups. Hundred so, percent. And like yeah. it's like the liberal crowds I perform in front of will be the first ones to come up to me and say like, you know, you shouldn't say the word tranny. Like the like cis people will tell me that. Like trans people are fine. <laughs> like they, they they probably say it too. Like but the cis people are like, you know what? Because, because, like, they shouldn't, other people should, when they hear that word, I don't want them thinking that they can use it, you know? And I'm, so it definitely, it definitely does happen, but I also feel like, you know, I, it, it's my word, you know? 
I think like that's like the only advantage to transitioning is when I tell people you get to say that word. <laughs> like that's it. You lose friend <laughs> and, and and if you're a Republican sports, that's those are the only two things. But um no, but it, it's it is different with the crowds and you do see things like that, but also there's part of me like I believe me, I would love nothing more than to be the sort of person who goes on Rachel Maddow every night to talk seriously about trans issues. But I'm not you know, that's not me. Uh, and I'm a very joking person so i'm I, Wait, so, you, so you would love to be that person? i think so i think i would like yeah. i think i would like that i think i would like to the um just to be like here we have a, a an expert uh you know right between <laughs> you know i think that would be fun <laughs> i think that would be cool no pressure to be funny and just um but but the truth is like the, i can the only like the only way that i see that you know people who would never otherwise listen to about talk listen to trans people it's the only way that I can get them to do it. Um, right. And uh, so it's um, plus a, you know, too old to start journalism. <laughs> <laughs> so. You're never too old to start something new. Um. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, the children's party thing is really... The birthday party, you get you get that cake. Of the day. You get those cake so coma, the the frosting comas <laughs> kicking in. Uh, um, where was I going? I was going somewhere. Uh, another birthday party. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> you were talking about carpet, car, car, compartmentalizing uh, yeah, crowds a little yeah, bit yeah. before. Yeah. So when you when you do your your jokes, some of them obviously you know like you said they're about you have a lot of jokes about your your relationship with your father and you've had I've heard you give say jokes about like uh, your brother disowning yes. you when yes. you transitioned and is that all true or um, the brother part absolutely is true my my dad um, now he actually passed away before I transitioned but. Um, but he would not have been okay with it. You know, it's, it's like, it's ba- like, like he didn't actually, he didn't, you know, kick me out of the house. Although he did stop speaking to me for an entire summer, you know? So, I mean, the relationship, the tough relationship absolutely is true. Um, but uh, like, like here, here's how it, it's, here's a story about like how I knew how my dad felt and how, how I knew, like at the time, I didn't really know what trans was, you know, growing up, like it wasn't, again all over the place so i mean like but occasionally you'd see like a talk show or uh, you know something that you know they'd see yeah. a story somewhere about a trans person and there was this like nightly show and they had these female impersonators is what they called them at the time sort of a dra- which are usually like people who were transitioning and um but they also had drag queens so, so and it's this place that had female impersonators and drag queens it was on tv my brothers were, were there they were doing god knows what in the back like you know, guys throwing a baseball at each other's genitals or something. And, um, <laughs> but I'm looking at this, like, and, I, and I'm probably like, like 10, 12 or something. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's what I am. That's, that's me. That's what I can do for it. Like that, that's, that's it. And it was this such a brilliant eureka moment. Then my dad walks in, looks at the TV, looks at us and says, if any of you turn out like that, I'll kill you. And, Whoa. and I mean, like, that's, that's the truth, hundred percent true story. Um, so that was my father. And, uh, I mean, I, I do tell jokes to make it funny and get the point across that I didn't get along with my father, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's him. Yeah. 
So, and, and is there anything about your life that you wouldn't joke about? Like that you wouldn't turn into material that you wouldn't use as material? Um, there are something like if I, I, I would talk about anything as long as I could make it funny. Um, but there's like, you know, some things I just can't do it. Like, I, I, I tough, like, um, well, I, I was, I was sexually assaulted when I was like 12. Yeah, 12 was a big year for me. I found out I was trans. I was sexually assaulted. It was a big year. But um, it was that summer camp. And and, and, and puberty, too. So yeah. that's like... It was, it was a... Yeah, it, it was it, it was pretty brutal. Like, I had to testify in court. And, um, and, and of course, it, it was a, they looked at it like, oh, boys will be boys, because they were older kids that, that did it. So they had, like, six months probation or something. But, um, like, that's something I just can't find a way to talk about on stage and part of me doesn't want to you know like even now just saying it now it's 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 almost uncomfortable you know a little bit because it's something that again people who watch my comedy would never know that but um but yeah so so i mean there absolutely are things that that i wouldn't talk about but but i think that's that you know if I can make well, something, a few years yeah sorry it just reminded me a few years ago sorry to interrupt you. oh tell, no don't um, worry about it a few years ago, I think it might have been 2017, the someone won the Edinburgh Comedy uh, Award for a show that was about uh, it was a it was a male comedian. It was a show about having been sexually harassed or sexually um, assaulted, I think. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of the person who did it, but. I mean, it was. I don't think it was a very funny show, right? Right. But it was still like part of the comedy. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you know if you're familiar with that. Uh, or... If I saw the comic's name, I'd be like, "Yeah, oh yeah, I know them." Um, okay. Especially, yeah, I just can't think of the name. Yeah, especially if it, if it, if it's an American comic, I'd be like, "Yo, I absolutely know what that is." No, I think it was. I think he's British. Ugh, um, but I don't gross. know. Gross. No, just wrong. kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm gonna. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna re-record this part with me saying the right name. The show I'm talking about is actually by Richard Gad, the stand-up comic, who did a show called Monkey See, Monkey Do, which in 2016 won the Edinburgh Comedy Award. Anyway, whatever. If only there were a magical Um, device that could tell us the answers to things. (laughs) If only there was. (laughs) I know. What do we do? No, it's so... (laughs) So, I mean, I feel like like if I were... uh, Yeah, like a one person show, I think is a perfect venue to talk about stuff like that, you know? Um, yeah. Cause a one person show, you can't have dramatic things, but you know, if you're on stage, like, like, I think I, that there was one, uh, I did talk about briefly. I tried doing this on stage and it kind it, it, it was sad, but I think I was able to bring it back. I talked about how trans people are more likely this trans people who don't have exceptions to their parents are like 13 times more likely to attempt suicide. And and I attempted suicide when I was younger, so I, I did start to talk about that on stage um, with a joke. But then it got to like, then I thought like the joke wasn't that great, and, and really it just it's it, it's hard to talk about. You know, it's that stuff is still hard to talk about. And if I again, I I really I probably would if I thought I would feel much better about it. But I I also feel like after a while, like you're just you, you know, reciting words at this point. So it's not really as profound and cathartic at it, as it would be in like a one person show. So, so, you know, if I thought I could make a, a great joke that I would love telling 
I absolutely would. But it's just stuff like that. It's just, it's tough. It's hard, you know? Yeah. Boy, it's really hard to tell I'm a comedian talking about being molested out and my suicide attempts. This is, uh, what a fun life. What a fun life. Let's talk about my dad beating the hell out of me. <laughs> you know, let's, let's just go on. Let's talk about something else. Let's, I don't know. We have cancer. I have a dead mom too. You want to talk? Let's, let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm depressing you. You had so many birthday parties you went to. You're so, you're so, it's such a festive hot day and I'm ruining it. <laughs> No, it's fine. Okay. It's, fine. it's, it's good. Um, it's, um, thank you for being so. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's interesting. So, so being funny, obviously, is very important to you. Right. Yes. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that came up in my family. You know, yet we had to be funny, smart, and good at sport, or at least we're rewarded in some way or whatever. Like being smart, having good grades. And being good at sports were two of the things that were measurable. But being funny seemed to be one of those immeasurable things So that uh, all of us were good at. All of us excelled at being funny. Right. So in birth order-wise, where are you in your family? I'm number two. I'm the middle child. Oh, you're the middle yeah. child. Yeah, so okay. of course. That uh, explains it all. Right, right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, middle children, come on. <laughs> Tranny central. <laughs> That's so, sweet spot. Yeah, this is the thing I'm going to keep trying to get back to, which is, um, oh, right, you make a joke about, oh, yeah, I only transitioned so that I could play women's golf. Um. That was a lot funnier when I started telling it five, six years ago. Now that people actually believe it, it's, it's that that women are <laughs> trans women are better at sports. It feels it, that's one of those that I'll probably have to rethink. There's so before Trump, all these jokes were goofy and could never possibly <laughs> come true. You know, like I would tell, <laughs> and then then Trump. Like I remember, I used to tell a joke about like, uh, oh, it, well, it's kind of a long story. It's about how Republicans would hit on me, and the way they would they would inevitably send a dick pic, and how they would always like grab it really hard, you know, like, eh, you know, like, like they're putting their, like, you know, like they're flexing, like they're showing off their machine gun or something. And I said, they grab it like they're, uh, like they just caught it trying to sneak across the border. And at the time there wasn't a Im- huge immigration policy, but people were still like blaming Obama as being Kenyan and blame, like, you know, what, what they would joke. It was almost bluster people talking about the border, but th- then it became real, you know, detention camps yeah. became real and, and it became a, a tragedy. So I, those jokes just didn't work as well. And the same with the, like, I only did, <laughs> I only did to play women's golf. It's like, you know, it, it's, it, it's, uh, it's tough. Cause people will think like that I'm on the side that trans athletes have an advantage, you know? And I'm, and, and honestly, like, I don't care about ad- adult athletes, trans or cis. I don't care at all. My, my biggest thing with any of those bills, though, it's like all these bills that they do, that they pass, they're going to affect kids. And that's where it just, that's where I'm like, like, you can't tell me that a seventh grade child is like male or female is going to have advantage over someone else. You know what I mean? Especially with like yeah. puberty blockers. It's, a, it's actually, a, yeah, I mean, it's a well-known fact, I think, that. Yeah, there's no difference. I mean, at that po- at that stage, there's no difference. Right, anymore. right. I mean, just- so, I mean, like, the fact <laughs> that so it became this, again, like, like this is the year where they're going after, like, trans people. So so now it feels like, ugh, you, you know, it, it feels hard because it's almost like, like I, I don't want people to think I'm on the wrong side of that, you know? And Yeah. 
And I, I guess where I wanted to go with it was just like about uh, comedy being a quite masculine field, or at least traditionally. It, like, obviously, it's one that, I mean, it's a bit, I feel like, you know, what what century is it that we're, <laughs> we're calling it masculine? And oh, it's yeah, like, it's shocking to find a woman who's funny or whatever. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I mean, it's extremely male dominated, 100%. Yeah. You know, most like usually when a, when a comedy club, I forget, there was someone who was doing like a study about comedy clubs, not necessarily in the city, but comedy clubs outside, outside the city. One of the ways that comics make money, they tour this, the country. And, um, excuse me. Um, so they'll go to different comedy clubs and like Topeka or, you know, Indianapolis, you know, go all across. And, and there, so there are hundreds of comedy clubs. Someone was looking at just how many comics that headliners uh, were female versus how many were male, and it was something like eighty-seven to ninety percent were were um, were male, and uh, the rest were female. But then they'd have like a ladies' night in, on a Wednesday where they pay everyone a th- peanuts basically, and that that was their extent where comedy clubs would justify like what they did on weekends. And uh, it's one hundred percent male dominated, and um, you know you do hear like so you, so so but so you could have done better if you, you I know right what was I thinking you know I have, I have the worst guidance counselor you know he, <laughs> I, I <laughs> right if I were an engineer uh you know, no problem but no it, yeah uh, <laughs> um it, 100% it is a male dominated field and uh but but it's the good thing is, again, that's something that's changing. And also in the city, I'm very lucky because it's like at, at places like the Comedy Cellar, they probably book more women than most clubs. You know, like there'll be times where like the, the lineup will be half men, half women. It just works out that way because they book funny people and they put people on based on whether or not they're funny. So there's still more man, male comics. And I think a lot of that is like when guys hang out together, this is this is me talking for both sides of the plate here, you know, having that, that experience, Okay. okay? This is some of the yeah. secret, you know, like, like they don't know that women's bathrooms are nice, you know, whereas we don't know this about guys, right guys, but guys like hang out and joke with each other all the time. And that's a, like to be a funny guy. That's fun to hang out with. That's huge. But women don't really, they're sort of like, they like to ha- like, it feels like women like to hang out with people and have fun with them, but not necessarily be like the joke telling sort the way guys tend to be, you know? And I think a lot of that, like guys, because of that, as guys progress through comedy, they start to write jokes more with each other and they bounce ideas off with each other. Whereas when there are less women comedians, there aren't those same groups necessarily. And I think that's how a lot of it starts. But Or that could be me totally full of shit. No, no, that's exactly what I was trying. I was like kind of thinking about because mm-hmm. I had a comedian uh, called, uh, called Martin Willis on, on one of my live versions of the talk show. Oh, cool. And he, he was talking about... He's bisexual, and he actually came out on stage. Like, he came out on stage, on the comedy stage, before he told his friends and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, but oh, wow. He was talking—he he, he thinks that, yeah, he, he was, he's written an article um, for kind of uh, a newspaper here about, um, yeah, about comedy. And it was, like, around the time of, time, uh, of, like, Time's Up and Me Too and stuff like— and just, like, yeah, just about how comedy is this very— he talks about comedy being about this, like, yeah, this masculine arena and yeah, this kind of, this, this thing that happens between men, like jockeying to be like the funny, you know, the funniest that have the most attention and, oh yeah. So I asked him about like, what's the alternative to that kind of masculine paradigm for comedy? Mm -hmm. And he says, 
the alternative is maybe um, imp- like improv being, and, and it's not funny at all. Like, right, that right. Was his yeah. Kind of, uh, well, improv assessment of it. Sorry. Um, yeah, improv and sketch 100% is, it's like, you know, more like people working together. And, you know, I think women are drawn to that more. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think improv is not funny. Uh, I mean, I guess it can be, but yeah. yes, and. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it can be. Yes, and I also, uh, no. Um, it's an improv joke. <laughs> That's, if anyone's <laughs> taking an improv class, you'll be, you'll be dying. But uh, for the other 99.8% of you, um, no, it 100% is. And I think guys tend to be more comfortable if they're on a long road trip with a guy or with their partner, you know? So if they're, you know, if they're married to someone, they'll, they'll go on the road with their wife or whatever. But when they go on the road with someone else, with a, they'd rather have a guy, which means the comedy club now has a headliner and a feature, both guys. And that leaves just the host right. spot, the least paying spot. So, so I think it, there is a lot of that. And I don't, I think a lot of it isn't intentionally like, I think guys are, you know, people booking, men more because they think men are funny and they don't give women a chance. And some of that's unintentional, but there is still definitely like, there are guys like it's, you can see it. If you go to a club and you'll see them, you know, they, it's like they give male comics the benefit of the doubt. You know, when, when a guy goes on stage, they're like, all right, I assume this guy's going to be funny. Um, and women don't have that. So like when I go on stage, you can, you can almost see people like guy guys, not women, like sit back with their arms folded, with this like dare, I dare you to make me laugh thing. Um, that's still, <laughs> and it's, you know, usually those are the guys I, I like hit on to make uncomfortable, <laughs> which is, which is <laughs> the best possible revenge because you should see them squirm. But, but it, I think people have that. So women have to dig themselves out of a hole before they even begin. And that's why I think like the women that are funny, the women that are, great at comedy are really great at comedy you know right I think I've actually experienced that myself like I don't do comedy but I do like performance art and like I've I've performed in front of audiences and had like men staring at me like sort of you just could tell they just wanted to roll their eyes at me sort of thing right like what's up with that (laughs) Yeah. Like, why is he giving me that? I know. It's like, it's like, like guys used to say, like, I don't like female comics because all they do is talk about their periods. And I'm like, really? How many of you listen to? (laughs) Like, you know, I I mean, are you an expert? You know, because it doesn't, you know, yeah, I'm sure every woman has a joke, but that doesn't mean you're going to hear it all the time. But, but they, they really like, I don't know. I think some. Is that why you felt you had to make a period joke? <laughs> I do have one. Have you heard? I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, I thought it was interesting. Oh wait, I have a. Oh, you're talking about the yeah, my grand my grandmother having ten kids. That one. Oh no, or the no, other no, one. I, where oh, I was like, right. the, yeah, there's they're that a couple. One, then I talk the one about like uh, I, I've seen a lot of period yes. commercials. <laughs> yes. Well, I worked with all women at the time. I was working in a reproductive rights group, and it, it, it was just me, you know, me and ten other women. So they, you know, they would talk about periods all the time. So I just thought it was funny when I'm watching like this uh, 90 Day Fiance or something, you know, like like I understand periods. I've seen tampon commercials. It, it's a lot of like hiking, kayaking, horseback riding, all that stuff. When you have your period, I know, you know, just because the commercials are so goofy, but <laughs> I, I, and yoga, yeah, and yoga, right. <laughs> I haven't told that one in a while, but I'll break it out. You're reminding me of all this material. Thank I should, Oh, that's good. I'm glad I'm recording <laughs> well, it. I did do my brushing up before. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I spent some time. Oh, wow. That must have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing a lot of the same jokes over and That and the children's party. Right. Been... <laughs> you should, oh, you should have just played the comedy at the children's party and, yeah. you know, two persons, one stone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that book by Jazz, I'm Jazz, I I know that book because, uh, I mean, I know who Jazz Jennings is because my, my daughter picked that book out from the mm-hmm. library here in, in the public library here. And, you know, because it's a girly, the cover and everything. Right. It's, it's great because we talk about it all the time. We talk about um, trans and non-binary stuff and it's it's great. Yeah, it's good yeah, book. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, people think it's indoctrinating, you know, trans culture, but it's actually just like, oh, it, you know, people might, this happens. This is this. This happens. It's something to write about, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, for for the trans kids that are out there, yeah, maybe this will be something that their parents can read and understand to them, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, like, uh, about your relationship to to femininity and masculinity. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to formulate the question. To, yeah. Like, make, make it so. I don't know. what. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> It's I'm right in the middle. Uh, hey, half and half. Oh, hey, sing. <laughs> I know you make that joke, but um, like, no, seriously. I, I mean, well, m- is masculinity toxic? It. Oh um, God, yeah. Right. I. I mean, I think that's. <laughs> I think everyone can accept that this ma- masculinity is like this angry. All I picture is like these angry, raging guys, like talking, like why, why you, yeah. I, I think my 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 uh relationship with femininity is very. It's very weird. It's like I I, I think about it almost like the way like. Uh, this, this bear with me. Like I'll, I remember hearing a story about like someone who, like I was watching someone who was wrongfully accused of, of being, you know, of, of murder. They were in prison for like thirty years and let out. And they were talking about how when they got out of prison, every time they got to a doorway, they would wait, you know, because in prison someone has to buzz you to go through. Even now that they were out of prison, they still stopped and like wait because someone's someone's got to buzz me through. And it took them a second to rethink everything. And I feel a lot of part, like growing up, I was taught femininity bad. You know, don't don't dress that way. Don't hold your hands that way. Don't hold books that way. Don't walk that way. Don't cross your legs that way. And all this stuff was just like, it, it was almost like these are like my doors that weren't buzzed. So, so expressing my femininity is is very difficult. And, and let's face it, I'm six feet <laughs> tall. So it, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not the delicate flower that, that I may appear on Zoom. So it's, it's, it's tough to express femininity as necessarily for me. Um, yeah, like, you know, the clothes are di- built for, for, for different types. Um, and, but like the feminine spirit and like, I think like feminism in general is like, I love feminism in general. And I think like, especially once you start you know, having transitioned, I think I went, I think I probably, if I didn't transition, I would have turned into a toxic male. You know, I definitely would have let that anger fester and bubble over. Um, but by transitioning, you know, it's like you really learn empathy, I think, when you transition. And you learn, like, about, you know, like, oh, women do have these problems. And these are the things that do happen. And I know you weren't talking about feminism necessarily, but femininity. But No, no, but, I wanted to ask about that as well. So that's good. Oh, okay, okay. But I mean, like, you... And I think um, you learn that the, these about like, like, even though I worked at a, re, like I was talking about with a reproductive rights group, it's like, like I'm, I can't have an abortion. There's no, you know, obviously that's, that's not a thing, but by the same token, there are women who might need one, 
you know, and, and you learn empathy for those people. And then you see that. And you also see the, the, the great thing about living in New York and going out more is like there, there isn't one way to express femininity. Um, so it's just what works for you, you know? And I feel like, like I, I never wanted to be like the most, you know, flowery, feminine, you know, lavender, flower, you know, purple bows in my hair, you know, <laughs> stuff like, <laughs> like that was never my intent. I just wanted to pass and not get hassled. Um, and then I started comedy and realized, no, I'm going to get hassled the rest of my life because of it. But, you know, it's... <laughs> I know, I, so there's some irony there. It's like you wanted to just pass and like... <laughs> right. Well, that's another story, but that that's another tangent where it's just... Because, I mean, I mean, it, I was working at retail jobs and like every... Like as a guy, I was never turned down for a promotion. Like ever. It was something like nine promotions in my gl- glorious retail career, <laughs> illustrious retail career. Uh, <laughs> then I transitioned and never received a promotion. Um, and, you know, and, and you realize like, well, maybe, you know, all right, you don't love this anyway, but you do love comedy. Maybe you should try and pursue comedy. So that's where that came from. But, um, oh, that's interesting. yeah. So I, I it, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough for me to describe like, like all, um, yeah, now I'm rambling. Now I'm just, it's, I feel like, I feel like I wasn't prepared for, I didn't read the book and the teacher just asked me a book report question right now. And I'm fumbling like based on the cover. Sorry. Like, well, there's what this old was, guy who's fishing. I don't even remember what the question was now. To be honest. Mission accomplished. <laughs> no, you're asking me to describe my you know, relationship with masculinity and femininity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually think what you said was really great um, about the, like your work, the work you've been doing for reproductive rights. I mean, there's, Obviously, uh, even though you yourself don't need it, wouldn't ever need an abortion, like it's, 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 it's about like, you know, autonomy and sort of having, you know, it's like, there's a, there's a, no, there, there's a, a connection. I mean, like having the right to make decisions about one's own body, one's own body. And, you know, so there's, there's, uh, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And what I also found was, um, Going to, uh, like, uh, working with this group, we would go to independent clinics. Like, people in the United States, Planned Parenthood's the most well-known, but the independent clinics are the ones, they don't get a lot of funding, but they do most of the work. And to see these these places, um, they they would also have resources at each, almost every single one, where trans people could go, where for, for like hormone therapy, for therapists in general. It's like, so, so these, it's almost like we had this common ground without me knowing it, you know, like people yeah. would go there for prep, you know, for, for AIDS prep. Um, so it, it was a very, it was as more in, interlocking than I, than I realized. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, the people that are against abortion are against gays and lesbians and they're against trans people and, you know, and all sorts of things. <laughs> All of us, all of us, <laughs> abominations. We're all, we're all one here. Yeah. Another uplifting note. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so my comedy um, is dark. Uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I liked hearing that you you 
get you practice your material on Twitter. Like it helps you to be brief. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good tip because I'm I'm kind of a verbose person. Like, and I well, I I'm not really into being on social media in general, but I just <laughs> I just thought that was a nice uh, kind of way of thinking about it like oh it could be an opportunity for brevity 100 <laughs> percent, and you know that that's that's the old saying in comedy like uh, levity is brevity so when you keep a joke short and then um as someone who like i'd love a, a well-tailored joke you know like one that's just like you know each each joke has has like its own beat you know almost it has like a rhythm it has like almost like a poet a poem needs like a certain number of uh, you know the I don't know, iambic count or whatever, but, but you know, each beat has like, like, so when, when you talk about jokes, you really need to get it right. And if you can cut it down or, or in some cases add to it, I remember adding um, an adjective that just turned a joke around and um, made it that much better. But I mean, like by, by going on Twitter, you're forced to, you only have 288 characters and it used to be 144 characters. So you're forced to really look at a joke look at what's necessary and what isn't. And, and you find, you know, if, if I were to tell a joke, like, uh, so there's this chicken and he's like, so he's standing on a road and he's thinking like, why am I going to, you know, look, let's what's on the other side of this road. So I go and I, and I, I keep wondering like, why is this chicken there? Like, what's this chicken going to do? You, you know, meanwhile, the joke is why did the chicken cross the road? But I mean, like you really cut it down and it worked, you know, the classics, the classics never die. That's my, that's my opener. And, but, but you know, the things like that, you, you realize like, when you write a joke, there's you have to trim the fat, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, so th- this is this is what I want to ask you, which is what I was trying to ask you before about uh, you know what's off limits or. Mm-hmm. Um, and I screwed it making, up. Make having material that's about your sorry what? And I screwed it up. <laughs> no, you didn't. Right. Um, uh, I just didn't follow through with what I was really wanting to ask about, which is um, when you make jokes about your kind of life experiences and and then you do those jokes over and over and over again, does it, like, you, you talked about, like, doing a, a, a one-woman show and maybe being an opportunity for catharsis, but, like, yeah, does it... Does it help to do the comedy? Like it's, or, or how does it impact you? Like your life and your kind of way of being in the world or your kind of way of thinking about your life experiences or, um, yeah. Yeah, it really, I think it does. I, I think it, um, I think like when you first tell a joke on stage and stuff, you know, it, it's the pro- the problem with comedy is that it's all so much of it's based on other people's reactions to it. So I could like a joke, but if no one laughs, then it's not a good joke. So when I tell these things, when I talk about, you know, my family or my brother or, or um, you know, th- things like that, or just like what it's like dating, um, it doesn't really help in the moment necessarily when I tell it on stage. But a lot of times people coming up after the show and talking about it to me, with me, you know, like a lot of people will ask me, like, is that true? Did this happen? I'll be like, yeah, it really happened. Um, like that that joke with my brother, I said, you know, I actually sell those cards now, you know, so like where I say like, you know, after you disown me. Um, oh, right. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, he had a child. I sent him a greeting card, said congratulations, it's a boy for now. And and that's like, so I actually made a greeting card. What's it? It's it's. I think it's that like just talking to people and you sort of like, you know, cement the fact that, you know, sometimes in life you, you pick your families too, you know, you know, um, you don't 
yeah, I lost a brother, but I also gained countless of other people who you know are huge fans, huge supporters of me. So, so that's where I think I feel that talking about this stuff helps. Um, and I, quite honestly, I think like if I talked about like being abused as a child, you know, that um, at you know, I think if I did, I think there would be people who would share similar stories, you know, and I'm sure that might help. Um, I'm not there yet, but, um, you know, I just think that's the sort of thing that, uh, you, you know, it's one of the, again, it's like a common thread that you find with some people and, you know, straight trans, whatever, um, that some people have different relationships with their family and they, they can look at things and be like, Oh, okay. What I really like about that though, is that people are shocked to hear that families disown trans people and it happens all the time. So, so that feels better. I think letting people know that and just talking with people. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that people would be shocked by that. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it happens. It happens. Like, um, I mean, I, uh, like it seems obvious, right? That. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought people yeah. would be like, "Yeah, of course, of course." Like, parents kick out their trans kids. You know, um, the one thing that I do talk about on like the the, the other good like I I was never in conversion therapy, but I tell a joke saying that I was, and um, I do that because it's another interesting conversation starter after a show, and someone could be like conversion therapy that really happened and people in the crowd might be like you know they they might be like really people do that people people do it's like yeah it happens all the time and some states are still trying to make it happen even more you know so so uh that's a sort of that that's one of the few jokes where it never actually happened in my life but it's such a a great thing to bring to people's attention that i'll I'll leave it in there yeah oh yeah so have you ever like bombed or been heckled or like all the time in a way that really threw you all the time like all the time, all the time. It, would, it used to ha- i mean obviously it hasn't happened recently but i think everyone you know not again knock on wood but um i think everyone if a comedian tells you they've never bombed that they don't know what they're talking about there are you know they're they're delusional but but yeah it happens uh you know um i, I think i remember once this um bachelorette party which is, you know, it's a death knell for any comedy show. If there's a bachelorette party in the crowd, forget it. You should ask for your refund now, you know, <laughs> because they're usually drunk. This is like the last stop and, and they're just like ready to go. And they just wouldn't stop talking. And I said like something just so mean at them, like, like just shut the hell up. Look, at no one wants to hear, you know, and I, it wasn't funny. It was just being a jerk, me just going after them. And then like, people would be like, you know what, why don't you just do your stupid jokes? <laughs> and I was like, oh man, you know, it was, it was just, it, it was such one of those things, like, like they were talking the whole time and I couldn't concentrate. I wasn't doing well anyway. Then I did this and it just, there was no coming back from it. So I got off stage, just buried my head and like, you know, all right, next time, just don't talk, don't engage, just ignore them, treat them like they're not there. But I mean, you know, you can learn from every time you bomb, hopefully, but um, I don't know. And at first, it's but it's been, never been like a result of, you know, like trans material or no, anything like that. Uh, no, I mean, I have it. Or there are there certain p- parts of the country that you wouldn't go to because I don't know. Well, oh. during the ever since Trump got in, I feel like we're so much more polarized. I would be a little frightened to go to any, you know, to go to, to any place like in the rural America, but um. 
most like college towns or cities I'll still do. But before that, I think I could have gone anywhere. I would have said no, but uh, over the last four years, yeah, there probably are. But um, the only thing about being trans, like I've had people like walk walk out of shows. Um, Like when I say, by the way, I'm trans, you know, and then like some, I remember one, it was like a college student too in, in the middle of some community college in upstate New York just said, nope, not listening to this. And I was like, you know, I don't know. What can you do, though? You know, am I going to let that bother me the rest of my life or just, yeah. So, yeah. But do you, f- <laughs> you say you're pretty uh, thick skinned when it comes to it. You, you have to be. Um, I think, yeah. I think the, you know, I, 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 I used to be this thick skinned. I tell people now that my spirit animal is the armadillo because of, you know, ever since I transitioned, I feel like I have to be. I think I gr- started getting that way six uh six months into my transition before I was doing comedy or anything, I was working in a bookstore and, you know, I was still uncomfortable. I was still, I'm sure I dressed terribly, you know, but um, like someone I remember, like these kids kept pointing at me, laughing at me and then going behind a bookshelf. And I just got so broken up over it. And it's just like, it just, I start, went to the back and started to cry. And just like, then, then, you know, I mean, after a while I pulled it, I started thinking like, wait a second, you're, you're letting your life be dictated by the thoughts of kids, you know, running around like this is going to happen a lot more. And then I think, you know, I didn't literally have this conversation with myself, but you know, (laughs) well, (laughs) sort of, um, but, but it's just, so I think, I think eventually you do get thicker skin. You know, I think, you know, originally the, the goal is like, I, I don't, the goal was to never have to talk about being trans, just have people, say, oh, you're a woman. That's it. That's all there is to it. You know, like, like the Sneetches and Dr. Seuss, you know, you get a star taken off, you get a star put on, one or the other, just boom. And, and it's not, but it, it, as it, as you find out that the reality that it doesn't work out that way, um, or you have someone like misgender you, someone misgender you on purpose, someone will say like, like, uh, yeah, whatever, uh, you know, you're still a man. You know, you, know, you, you, you have to, you know, it, it's, it's all this stuff that tore me up um, when I, the, the first year my transition happens once a month now on Twitter, you know? So it's like, you, you get to that point, you just, you really have to um, for your own sanity. And um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I've come a long way, I guess, you know? And I think, I think, uh, I don't think thick skin's a bad thing <laughs> to have, um, but it just takes a while to grow. That's all. It takes a while to get that thick hide Mm. So you mentioned like not dressing so well. What do you mean by that? Uh, like- well, you sort of, you have to learn how to dress, you know, it's like, like you learn how to do your makeup and stuff, you know, when you go out and pu- like, you know, working in public, I, I, you know, I couldn't just go out as it, it, I say this, it's, it's hysterical that I even say this now, but at the time I thought like, Oh, I have to wear makeup every day, obviously women's clothes, but then you find some women's clothes fit you better than others. And then you realize like, yeah, you know, do you wear makeup every day? No. That's just it. That's okay. that's almost comical now. Like like I I would go to CVS in my pajamas and a t- and a sweatshirt every day. No no, I don't wear makeup every day. I, I like I, I don't think I've worn like like my makeup bag had dust on. It. I wear it on stage and I wear it for podcasts. So uh, <laughs> that's why that's why my lashes look so luscious today. No, I I never wear it. it's it's it, it's ridiculous. Like I am the biggest slob. Like like I'm lucky if I you know can find a bra in my room, let alone wear one that day. But at the time at working retail, I thought like, Oh, this is what I have to do. I have to, I don't want to stick out. So I want to dress yeah. 
right. Yeah, but then the body types being so different, you re- I realized quickly that, like, all right, you can't wear a dress because you don't have a waist, and your waist is in a different spot than women, so it's not going to fit right, and it's going to look silly. Whereas if you, in some pants, you can't do the same skinny leg because you don't have a butt, you don't have an ass, but you have broad <laughs> shoulders. So, I mean, like, with me, I thought, like, there's certain things, ways to dress that are more flattering uh, instead of just picking stuff off the rack. No, but but it's almost comical now thinking about it. Just like like I don't <laughs> what <laughs> what was I thinking? You know, um, I wore matching socks. Well, look at me. Um, <laughs> but now now it's like and and I think uh, when I stopped working retail is when I the makeup was like ah eh, not today not today. I could put it on or I could sleep fifteen more minutes. <laughs> so we'll take the sleep. <laughs> yeah 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 and and. So that was more about like leaving retail. Um, but what about like has has uh, you know being a performer changed like how you are in everyday life or um, yeah? How's it impacted your kind of? Um, I guess a little. I'm sure it has 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 a little bit. I mean, you know, you're um, first of all, you realize just how terribly retail people are treated. But um, uh, but moving to comedy, it, it's just it, it, I. I don't know. Like, I feel like I have to get more dressed up on stage. Just, I, I, I always like my personal opinion about comedy. Like I used to hate it when, when guys would show up in shorts and a t-shirt, you know, like, like I hate, you know, someone's coming to, someone's paying money to see you. The least you do is dress as nicely as they are, you know, um, which probably sounds like my mom. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, like, like, what are you wearing? Are you wearing clean under? What are you doing? What are you wearing? Just come on, comb your hair. Um, but, but I think like in general now, I, I do look at things a little differently. Like I think before I would never look at it. Like, like now I look, I, I remember seeing a, a, a dead rat on our street and also a syringe. And immediately I thought, all right, how can I turn that into a joke? <laughs> you know, and that comedy mind just, just did that. Um, but I think because it's so much more of a male dominated field than comedy, I think I was a little sh- more shy at first, uh, but now I, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's like now I don't, I don't mind. I feel like, I feel like I've proven myself and I don't have to hide anymore. You know, um, I feel like I'm more confident because now having talked about being trans so much on stage, I'm not hiding that I'm trans anymore. You know, in retail, I didn't want people to know I was trans. I didn't, I would, I basically just, wanted to hide um i wanted people to look at me as a female employee now is it now I, I don't care like i'm gonna tell you i'm trans anyway you might as well guess you know you go ahead you might as well check it out now so i'm not i'm definitely more open uh personally as well as professionally because of that um and i think that's a good thing and i think like that goes along with like no i'm not wearing makeup today what do i care if someone thinks i'm trans i am <laughs> you know it, it's so so, uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing. I haven't heard any of your jokes about dating and stuff. Uh, I don't think, I mean. I don't yeah. tell them as often because the truth is I don't really date anymore. I'm terrified of dating. <laughs> so I, I just, um, I, I mean, I would tell jokes about dating because I think people, you know, I would try and I would try and meet guys online. Why are you terrified of dating? What? I, I, I don't know. Like, 
I'm definitely more, I'm, I'm definitely bi at this point. Like I think, I think transitioning, you open up your sexuality a little more, but I'm probably more attracted to guys and something about like, like here's how bad I am at dating. If I'm online and then I see a message from someone, I shut off the, <laughs> the program. Like, I don't want to listen. I can't, I can't talk to it. Um, I, it. It's, it's tough for me to, to think about a relationship when, I mean, having such a terrible relationship, terrible, terrible notion of my own body and like looking at my body. I don't, you know, you, when you don't like the body you're born in, why would you want to be like, all right, I'm going to get naked in front of this person now. And it's right. So, so that part, it's tough, you know? I feel like a lot of, again, I think that that's fairly, I don't know. I, I think women feel that too. A hundred percent. I don't, this isn't a trans thing for sure. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, I just, I just feel like I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. One of these days. And then, you, then you know, some, you don't know who you're going to get online. You don't know the the pressure of a first date, all that stuff. Sometimes it's easier to just, yeah. Right. Well, because now it's your, your, well, I don't know. Yeah. Now everything's limited to meeting people. I mean, it's not like you're going to, I mean, now things are opening up again. So it, potentially you could meet somebody in real life. Right, right, right. Maybe. I, I mean, does I'm, anyone do that anymore? No, like, I, don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and the other, the, the other thing about it, it's like, like, you know, I have to find someone who is okay, openly dating a trans person. And it's very hard. Like most guys don't, you know, it, it's, I assume anyway, I shouldn't say most guys. I'm sure there are a lot of good, but I mean, a lot of guys just want it to be like a dirty little secret, you know, like I, I, right. I get offered thousands of friends with benefit requests, you know, since I transitioned, but I don't, that's not really, that's not really my thing. I'm not a sex toy, you know, at least not a very good one. Am I right? <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. So yeah, that's another, yeah, that was not nice. That was not, no. <laughs> not a nice joke. I know. I'm so mean to myself. I'm, I'm, I really need to get over it. Um, I think that might be all my questions. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. It's been, been really wonderful speaking to you. No, thank and thank you for being so open and, and yeah. Oh, no, no, thank you. This is candid. I, I appreciate you working around my, uh, the time schedule being in Great Britain and all and your birthday parties. So, <laughs> so D- does your child have a, a British accent? My that's yeah, I have two of them, and yeah, they yeah, they do actually they go in and out, but yeah, they're mostly yeah, they sound British. I was just curious how that worked. <laughs> actually, some people think I sound British, like my my brother is always like on the phone with me, say that again in American, <laughs> like he's just especially when I ask questions, the intonation, oh, right, 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 he's like, say that again, <laughs> or like I use expressions, and he's like, well, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Bob's, Bob's your uncle, I don't understand what are you talking about. <laughs> It's funny. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I hope that you. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing your career Aww. take off, and you being the uh, the A list trans woman comedian that we that the world needs. Oh well, um, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that. I really appreciate it. this. This is a fun interview. So. Oh, good. I'm glad it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun for me too. Good. Um, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super. <laughs> So that was the end of my interview with Jay McBride for this podcast. 
However, if you'd like to hear and see more of Jay McBride and I, please head over to Instagram to my IGTV channel, which is under the handle The Oriana Fox. And you can find a recording of a live interview I did with Jay after doing the podcast interview. And I asked her a few follow-up questions. Specifically, I wanted to know more about her relationship to masculinity because we glided over that point quite quickly in this interview. So if you enjoyed this, you'll definitely enjoy the next one. So do head over to Instagram to the Oriana Fox IGTV channel. Next time on Multiple. And while you're there, you'll notice that there's also an interview with the artist Season Butler, who happens to be the guest next time on Multiple O's. And the situation is reversed. So with Jay, I spoke to her first for the podcast and secondly for Instagram Live. But with Season, it's the other way around. I spoke to her first on IGTV and then subsequent to that recorded the podcast interview. And the reason I did that was because, well, she is a really interesting artist and we had lots of things to talk about. We talked about mostly on the original IGTV interview, we speak about her debut novel called Signet and different themes and topics that informed the book, such as climate change and the racial empathy gap and, you know, wanting to depict groovy old ladies that are different from how they're normally depicted uh, and lots of other really interesting things. And also the book is based on the Hans Christian Andersen story the ugly duckling and we didn't get a chance on that interview to really discuss our mutual interest in the little mermaid a different hans christian anderson story which season and i are both kind of a little obsessed with and we're really interested in all the different versions and variations including the disney version and the hollywood movie splash and so because that interview wasn't long enough to discuss that shared interest, we decided to continue it on the podcast. So that's what you have to look forward to next time on Multiple O's. So yeah, the O Show and its spin-off podcast is spinning off into all sorts of various media and you can access it in many different ways, not just the podcast, but via Instagram and via YouTube. So please do check that out and subscribe. Thanks again for listening. And I hope that you're working on your unconditional self, other, and life acceptance. It's really important because I know you probably are thinking, I don't want to accept somebody who's been a jerk to me or accept something that's unfair and unjust in our world. But the thing is, you'll find, I hope, that you're a lot better at responding to those adversities if you accept them first of all. It's important to be flexible like that because we're all just fallible human beings. Oh, 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 oh.